Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This time around, we've got episodes 308 and 309, titled 18, parts 1 and 2. So as you can guess from the episode title, it is finally Jude's 18th birthday, and we're taking two episodes out of a 13-episode season to to celebrate. (laughs) So this episode, across the two parts, there are like five or six different plots going on. Uh, it's kind of like a full ensemble episode. Like, I think every main character that we have at this point, like, has a plot in this episode. Um, so instead of, like, breaking them down by A, B, C, D, E plots, uh, I'm just going to go through the episodes sequentially. So, like I said, it's Jude's 18th birthday. The episode opens with June, Tommy, and they're in the rehearsal space and it's all like romantically lit with candles and uh, they're talking about um, Jude's birthday obviously and what Tommy got her for her birthday. So he goes over to the piano and he starts playing this song uh, which is one of my favorites of this season I think or probably is the favorite for me. And a little uh, trivia here. So in the past seasons one and two whatever singing Tommy's character had to do, that was done by someone who isn't the actor that plays Tommy. Uh, It was done by like an actual singer. (laughs) No shade intended, I'm sure. But in this little snippet, when he's playing the song for Jude, which is called Love to Burn, it sounds like it actually is him, him being Tim, singing, which I didn't notice before. I just assumed that they always kept his singing voice on retainer. Should they ever need it. But that was an interesting little tidbit. He doesn't have a bad voice, but also the clip was like auto-tuned to hell. (laughs) So that happens. Um, Tommy suggests, after he plays the song, that why don't we play this at your birthday party? And I'll be on the piano and you can sing. And then after the song, we can tell the world that we're dating. And Jude, in a surprising twist, uh, pumps the brakes on that and says, no, I don't want to tell people at this point. Her rationale for it later is that her life is very public and she thinks that being in a relationship with Tommy would complicate that further. I don't know. I didn't fully understand what her point was there. I guess she didn't want added attention of being in a relationship, but anyway... So he wants to go public. She doesn't. Uh, Later on, the next scene, they're at Tommy and Jude are at Jude's house. And their dad, Stuart, catches them like making out (laughs) in the front yard. And Stuart, reasonably so, talks to Tommy and basically asks him what he's doing. Uh, He dated Sadie in the past. That didn't end well. And now he wants to date Jude, who just turned 18, like yesterday. (laughs) He really doesn't, he being Stuart, doesn't have much to say about that part of it. Or even, he doesn't even go so far as to wonder like, wait a minute, you're together now when she just turned 18? How long has this been going on? (laughs) Doesn't concern himself with with any of those details. His main thing is like, "Uh, well, you dated Sadie and broke her heart and I'm not cool with you dating Jude. 
but only because you dated Sadie, I guess. Uh, so that happens. Stuart tells Jude that he has to tell Sadie about this, and Jude's like, okay, whatever. Um, so Jude, uh, like, butters Sadie up by buying her a dress, a really nice dress, to wear it to her party. But she doesn't, throughout parts one and two, Jude never explicitly tells Sadie, like, hey, I'm dating your ex-boyfriend who you thought cheated on you and who I also thought for a second cheated on you. Uh, she finds out uh, in part two and we'll get there. <laughs> so we meet a new character in part one. His name is Hunter. No one has ever said anything about him up to this point. He appears out of thin air. The first character he meets is Jude. Uh, Jude's like walking around G major in heels, preparing for the party, I guess. And she trips and falls and Hunter catches her. And then they have small talk. He says that he's a friend of Tommy's from back in his boy band days. Um, but he fell out of touch and he's looking for Tommy. And so Jude's like, oh, he's going to be at my birthday party. So stranger, why don't you come to my birthday party? <laughs> and he accepts. Then Hunter's next scene is with Tommy and Hunter is literally just, like, in an alley. <laughs> he wasn't even just, like, I don't know. He wasn't even, like, smoking in the alley or anything like that. He was just, like, standing in the alley. And Tommy manages to, like, go out into the alley for whatever reason. Anyway. Uh, and then it's exposition time. Hunter says, or we learn in Hunter and Tommy's first scene, that Hunter just got out of prison. He was there for five years for a crime that we don't know about um hunter is angie's sister angie who we just learned about in 307 uh was tommy's girlfriend and she died uh five years ago so that might cause you to wonder like oh he's been in prison for five years and angie died five years ago what happened there but they don't delve into that in this episode uh hunter says to tommy you took everyone and everything that I loved, so I plan on doing the same to you. He's very cryptic. He doesn't explain really what he means by that or how he will go about doing that, but that is the new conflict for this episode. So um, some other things that happen up to this point in the episode. Quest got a room, hotel room, for him and Sadie. Uh, he presented this information to Sadie by just giving her uh, like a swipe key card for the hotel room. And Sadie is like kind of taken aback and confused at first. Taken aback is maybe too harsh, too harsh for her reaction. But she is like, oh, oh, I didn't know that we were like there yet. <laughs> um, but eventually she says like, yeah, this is a good idea. There's also more subtext of Sadie still not um, having closure with Tommy and like that's not fully resolved um Jamie got invited to the birthday party but he tells Quest that he's not going because uh he's still sad about Patsy dying obviously and also him and Jude just haven't like been friends for several episodes now so Jamie spends the majority of the episode like um talking to Pagan about it about the situation, about how he's so sad, and blah, blah, blah. There's like a scene, <laughs> this is jumping ahead, but there's a scene in part two when Jamie is telling Pagan all about how Jude is his manic pixie dream girl, 
And that like snaps him out of like his sadness that he's been having about his girlfriend's death, which it's such a hard shift from like, oh, sad Jamie. And he's so like morose and he's like snapping at everyone who tries to be nice to him to, oh, but Jude exists in the world. So I'm perfectly fine. (laughs) It was, yeah. They do Jamie's character so dirty when it comes to his relationships, but that's a, a rant for a later episode, I think. Um, so where was I? Uh, really the rest of the action for parts one and two happens at the birthday party. So Tommy now knows that Hunter is out in the world and that he's planning to hurt people that he loves. We get a scene where Tommy is talking to Portia about this. And Portia is related to this whole mess because we learn during this episode that when Portia and Tommy were married... Tommy cheated on Portia with Angie. And so now Portia has ties to Hunter in some way. I don't know. But he has ties to this situation. And so Tommy's asking Portia, like, what he should do in this scenario. And Tommy has the actually, not being sarcastic, good idea to say, I'm going to tell Jude about Hunter so she knows to be aware of him. And Portia says, no, under no circumstances can you tell Jude about this which doesn't make sense, except for the plot of this episode. (laughs) All it takes is like a quick text message to be like, "Uh, if you've been around Hunter, don't do that because he's dangerous. And then we could have ended all of this. But that's way too rational. So now, uh, another conflict that we've uncovered here is at the beginning of the episode, Jude said that she didn't want... To go public with their relationship. And then after Hunter gets introduced, Tommy starts acting aloof towards Jude. So he shows up at her party, which the theme is Dirty 30s, which is kind of cool. It's cool seeing people in their like dressed up outfits. Anyway, so Tommy shows up to this party and he's acting very aloof towards Jude. But per Portia's advice, he's not going to tell her um, what's going on. He's just going to act like an asshole, I guess. So he's acting aloof, and Jude thinks that it's because of what she said at the beginning, where she wanted them to have, like, a secret relationship. And so Jude later laments to her dad about this, and comes to the realization that she should go public with the relationship. And so Hunter, there's actually (laughs) a kind of funny scene, not, like, intentionally funny, but I thought it was funny because it was shady, where so Hunter says that he is going to ruin Tommy's life and take the people that he cares about, but he's been in prison for five years and so he doesn't actually know <laughs> he doesn't know who his targets are that Tommy cares about. So he's doing like recon work at this party and he's like searching around and looking and he's uh, he looks over and sees Sadie who's just like standing by herself looking kind of like self-conscious for some reason and hunter looks at her and goes blonde beautiful and insecure that looks (laughs) looks like your type which is actually there's like layers to that because i mean was his sister angie was she also blonde and insecure (laughs) and then there's also jude who's now blonde who i mean we're all insecure in some ways but it was just funny all the different ways that that could be applied. So 
So at this point, Tommy's avoiding Jude. Jude is going to reveal their relationship in a song like Tommy recommended. And Hunter is looking for whomever uh, is important to Tommy at this point. Which we know is like June, obviously. Because we don't know anything else about Tommy. That's like the conflict is that Tommy has to keep Hunter from finding out that Jude is special to him. So that's the reason why he is uh, avoiding Jude. So we get to the end of episode one and Jude gets on stage to play the song that Tommy wrote for her. It's very beautiful. It's wonderful. There's like, the song itself is already kind of like jazzy, but in this episode and not on the soundtrack version, there's like a trumpet intro that I really love. And there's like um, trumpet throughout, which just like adds to it. Uh, I love the song so much. <laughs> um, so anyways, the first part, episode 308, ends while uh, Jude is singing the song. Before she sings, she gives a brief little intro about like, uh, this song is inspired by someone, by a man who's um, always been there for me, uh, a very special man, <laughs> I think she says. Um, and so the song is for him. And she's like, I mean, she's pretty directly looking at Tommy, but Tommy's like in the back of the room. So it's not super clear who she's talking about at this point. But Hunter picks up on this and he walks over to Tommy while she's singing. And Tommy's about ready to leave. And Hunter's like, whoa, 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 she's singing to you. Like, where are you going? And so the episode ends with Tommy trying to lie and say that Jude isn't saying to him, Jude's not special to him, like they have no affiliation, and Hunter's not buying it. He says, uh, well, if she's not like special to you, then you're going to have to prove it to me. And so episode 308 ends with a to-be-continued uh, sign while Jude is still singing. <laughs> and so uh, 309 opens, she's still singing the song, um, song ends, and she's like walking off stage while the song is ending and she comes up to Tommy who also like meets her halfway, I guess <laughs> it's weird while she's like coming off the stage, he's moving from the back of the room to like the middle of it for some reason, which why don't you just leave if you didn't want to be, <laughs> if you didn't want to be seen. So anyway, um, Jude's singing, Jude finishes the song and then uh, she's standing in front of Tommy at this point And she says, well, what do you think? And Tommy goes, I think that you're drunk and you're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> and Hunter, <laughs> it pans over to Hunter laughing like, <laughs> like he obviously doesn't believe this. And Jude deflects and says like, actually, I was trying to get to my dad. He's the one who's been here for me throughout my career and my life, whatever. But it's obvious that she was like hurt because <laughs> she took like 20 seconds to respond. <laughs> <laughs> and so after that scene tommy is what happens next hunter is like walking outside of the party and tommy comes up to him and says if you so much as put a hand on her and hunter goes what do you mean put a hand on the woman you said that you don't care about <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're trying to convince me that you don't care then this scene should be playing out right now. <laughs> and 
Hunter could have been like a cool character if he wasn't just like solely put in to be an antagonist for like the next three episodes or so. Spoilers. <laughs> like if he really was someone who was like around um, to be like an antagonist, I think he could have been cool. There's really not that much or not that many like villains in the show. Like there really aren't antagonists. And honestly, for a while, Tommy was an antagonist <laughs> because he was like the shitty one after the 16th birthday. He was the shitty one when he was suspected of cheating on Sadie. But like right now, the show antagonists are like Karma uh, and Darius, I guess, who really is just trying to run a record label <laughs> that does take some tough love at times. Um, but yeah, it would have been cool for him to be an actual character. I think they could have they could have worked his entrance into the show in a much more like clean way because him just showing up during this episode is a mess <laughs> he deserved better um i digress what was i talking about oh so they have the scene where hunter's like i don't believe you you obviously care about that woman and from this point on tommy starts getting very drunk at the party portia is always is also getting very drunk as well. At some point, um, oh, <laughs> yikes, I forgot to mention something else notable. So at the end of part one, uh, in Sadie's plot of her and Quest in this hotel room, so they're there, they're making out, and Quest stops for a second and says, I love you to Sadie. And Sadie is silent for like 10 seconds. Until she finally says, thank you. <laughs> and she goes on to say, I'm, uh, I'm very fond of you. But she doesn't say, I love you back. And so Quest is obviously hurt by this. He says, let's, uh, like, let's not do this until you know, like, what you feel about me and what you feel about this relationship. So that's how it ends. And so Sadie catches Tommy while he's at the bar getting hammered oh while Tommy's getting drunk he like takes his keys out of his pocket and implies that he's gonna go drive home but obviously it's not a good idea so Sadie takes his keys and like brings him up to his hotel room Portia watches this happen in the distance and <laughs> is like kind of laughing to herself because I think she she sees what's about to happen oh yeah and like the fourth plot of the two-parter is, starting in part two, we see Speed and Karma. Some This also came out of nowhere, is that they're dating now. <laughs> so their conflict in 309 is that they also have a secret relationship. Karma says, like, I can't have a boyfriend. It would be bad for my, my image. I have to look like I'm single and that, like, nerds and geeks can get me, but... <laughs> have to be attainable but not like tied down in a relationship and speed wants to be public so him and jude have a bonding moment where one speed reveals that him and karma are dating again this happened out of nowhere we saw them it was implied that they had sex at the end of 302 but now in 309 we're just now circling back <laughs> to this point that kind of thought the writers forgot about so so June and Speed are talking about secret relationships. Speed lets it slip that he's dating Karma. But also something that Speed says 
like resonates with Jude. And because <laughs> to recap, Jude started the episode not wanting their relationship to be public. Then she thought that Tommy was mad about that. And so she decided to make their relationship public with the song but that was thwarted by Hunter and his scheming. So now, what is her thought process here, actually? <laughs> because she really, she didn't want to be public at first. She changed her mind when she thought Tommy was mad about it. And then she was going to be mad at him for being mad about it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm actually like really lost at that. I'm not sure what the reasoning was supposed to be. But... At the end of the conversation, Jude comes away from it, thinking that she needs to go talk to Tommy and work things out, I guess. So, uh, Portia directs Jude to Tommy's room, <clears throat> and and various conversations ensue with Sadie and Tommy. Tommy um, apologizes to Sadie for how he treated her, but also he's drunk. <laughs> it, it took him being drunk to actually like recognize that he wasn't great to her in their relationship. So that happens, and Sadie, I don't know what she says, essentially to tie off the loose end from 308, where she was talking about Tommy and how she didn't have closure. Sadie decides to kiss Tommy. Of course, Jude walks in on this happening. I noticed, <laughs> this is a very small thing, but in the scene where they're supposed to be kissing, Sadie and Tommy... I'm pretty sure the two actors aren't actually kissing. <laughs> like it's framed in a way where you only, you see the back of Sadie's head and then you see Tommy's face and their faces are angled like they're kissing. Um, but I'm pretty sure they don't. <laughs> it was, I don't know. It just like broke my immersion from the episode <laughs> to just see like, I don't know, like acting tactics at play. Anyway, Jude walks in on that. Her parting line is, uh, she says to Tommy, something to the effect of, I just wanted to be clear that we're over. And then she storms out. And Sadie, again, didn't know that they were together because Jude was supposed to tell her at this point, but didn't actually tell her. And Sadie vows to fix this, she says, meaning fix the fact that she kissed Tommy and like smooth things over with Jude. So that is the end. That's the end of the June Tommy arc for this two parter, I think. Yes, that's the end of the Jude Tommy stuff. So uh, it's in frustrating fashion. Jamie, like I said earlier, he had his like come to Jesus moment with Pagan, where he realized that Jude is the best thing ever. How could he ever be mad at her because she's so fun. She's so quirky and so unique and bleh. <laughs> so he ends up going to the party. He shows up right as Jude is storming out after seeing Sadie and Tommy kissing. And again, Jamie's the one to pick up the pieces. He's, <laughs> he's the rebound guy all the time. And so Jude spends the rest of the second part with Jamie. They go to the rehearsal space. They're like eating Chinese food. They're like dancing uh, it's pretty cute. They like start slow dancing and it's very sweet, or at least it would be sweet if <laughs> they didn't just dangle Jamie out there to be the emotional like support <laughs> instead of an actual person who 
deserves a relationship with someone who truly loves him and is not just rebounding from someone else. Nothing overtly romantic happens with June Jamie. They don't kiss or anything, but there is like them dancing, like I said. Uh, Jamie writes this like really long note for her, which you never learn what it says, but Jude reads it and she's like very like moved to tears by it. So it's obviously very sweet. There's this weird scene. (laughs) So the last scene with Jude is her and Jamie on the balcony of the rehearsal space. And you see Hunter, he's like in a neighboring building, I guess. <laughs> I don't even, I don't understand. Like, he just, he's not like omnipotent. How did he know <laughs> he was just following her this whole time? And also managed to get keys to whatever building she's in? Anyway, the camera pans over from June Jamie to Hunter, who is like in a staircase next to them. And he's like watching this all go down. My understanding is that they added this in here to be like proof that Hunter, or it's like insight into Hunter's mindset that like, oh, maybe it, maybe Tommy is telling the truth by saying that Jude doesn't matter to him because Hunter sees her with this other guy who's not Tommy and they're like sharing a close moment on the balcony. And so like, okay, maybe she's not the focus right now. So I guess I don't have to kill her right now (laughs) because maybe she's not important to him. So... I think that was the purpose of that scene is to let the viewer know the hunter is still out there and around, but he doesn't have reason to target Jude for now. And that, I think that's everything. <laughs> I think I covered all plots. Like I said, every like main character that we have has a plot here. So there's Jude, Tommy, Sadie, Quest, Karma, Speed. Oh, I didn't really close the Speed Karma loop. So eventually, Karma agrees to have a public relationship with Speed, but she chalks it up to saying, like, <laughs> if I get seen with you, you being the guitarist in Jude Harrison's band, like, that'll get me some, <laughs> some, some clout. So, okay, let's do it. Let's go have dinner. I feel conflicted about it. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but Tyler Kite as an actor He's probably, (laughs) I'm going to get maybe a little disrespectful. He's probably the best actor on the show. (laughs) And I'm really not being facetious by saying that. And I don't know what his acting background is or was outside of Instant Star. I know the others have had other acting roles, but he is really like, I think when I talked about it before, I was talking about his comedic timing, like the lines that he gives No other actor on that show could nail the timing like he does. No one else could. Like, why is he so much better? (laughs) Why is he a so much better actor than anyone else? But anyway, because I know that he he makes music and like his music career is much more um, pronounced than his acting career. But he is such a natural with comedic timing. And I get off on this tangent because it's just frustrating that his character given the talent that he has, is relegated to a relationship where he's like bossed around by this woman of whatever age. And he's just like a yes man now. Like it's just such a waste of his talent. (laughs) I think that's what's the most frustrating with me. Karma, I was already like lukewarm on because she's just eaten with more lines. Like I said, I 
don't want, I don't want to be just like harping on karma because she is like a go-getter. Like I think like that's also kind of a misunderstood trope that the show kind of plays her out to be like superficial and attention hungry and like a lesser character. But I mean, she is doing what she has to do to like get her name out there. And it's not just like a cakewalk in the music industry. Like even if you do win a talent competition like she did, there's still work that you have to do to like get your name out there. Is some of it like underhanded? Sure. But I don't want to villainize her character just based on that. Because I think that the writers do enough like insinuation that like you're not supposed to like karma. She's doing what she has to. I just wish there was more to her than this trope of a mean girl that's put out in front of me. And I wish that her and Speed's relationship had more depth. So I've covered all my bases with the plot synopsis. So on to the song and episode ratings. The song for this episode, like I said, it's called Love to Burn. I love it a lot. On the official soundtrack, it's actually Corey Lee that sings the song which I think they both do a good job. But I just wish that they had like the jazzier intro that's in this episode and not just like the standard production that's on the soundtrack. But a super good song. It's a ballad. Like I said before, the songwriters were a lot stronger with ballads as opposed to faster songs, but this one, super good. Again, probably my favorite song of the season. So for me, Love to Burn is a 10 out of 10. The episode rating across parts one and two, I think I mentioned this probably in the last episode, but from here to the end of the season, the show becomes very much a soap opera. Like I said, Hunter appeared out of nowhere. No one said his name. No one had an inkling (laughs) of anything to say about him before this episode. And he pops up and he's in like 30% of the scenes. (laughs) Um, and now we're focused on this Angie plot with him too. And Angie was just mentioned for the first time in the last episode. It's just so much thrown together in such a short amount of time that I just like have whiplash. (laughs) I feel like I was dropped into a new show. (sighs) Season three just isn't charming in the way that like seasons one or two were. Even with seasons one and two being from like 2004 and 2005, respectively. Like, I can still, like, watch those and still find them charming. I don't remember if I've said this already, but this half of the season, especially, like, Instant Star, as the show went on, stopped using its competitive advantage over other teen-ish shows, which is the music industry. Like, <laughs> so often we got away from exploring what it's like for a teenager to be new to the music industry. And that is something that this show had over any other show of its time. And not just of its time, but like ever. (laughs) We have like this interesting like depth of material to go into. We have this random man who's like hell bent on revenge. Like, (laughs) can I get more music industry plots, please? That's a long way to say that I didn't like this episode. Um, I'm trying to think if there were any like funny parts to redeem it, but I'm <laughs> I'm coming up with a blank. Speed, who 
even his great actor can't like carry <laughs> the lack of interesting content in his scenes. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a five out of ten because I don't hate the episodes. There's just nothing there. <laughs> I think as a child, I would have been like more like shocked by the Sadie and Tommy kiss or the speed and karma relationship coming out, but it's just not interesting on a rewatch as an adult. So I got to give it five out of 10 and just remain neutral. So with a song rating of 10 out of 10 and episode rating of five out of 10, episodes 308 and 309, 18 gets an average of seven and a half out of 10. And that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Next time we will be back with episode 310. I'll see you then. Bye.